0: Hello, and welcome to the E-Team podcast. These are conversations with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country that provide insight and encouragement. For more information about this podcast and any and all resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us online at e-team-inc.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the E-Team podcast. These are conversations with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country uh, with hopes to just share some uh, just uh, encouraging and insightful uh, conversations and information with you guys. And so, hey, today we're going to just pick it up uh, during a conversation that I've, um, I was able to have with Manny. Pena and uh, of Lux Church, and 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 I know if you guys listen to session one, just how much value you gained out of that. And if you if you're just tuning in, um, listen to session two. But I want to encourage you to go back to listen to session one. But session two, we pick it up in our conversation of I had the opportunity and the privilege to sit under uh, Manny as he taught uh, a room of pastors, uh, or he was just speaking into a room of pastors, and um, and I just want to paint a little picture. So we're we're sitting and there's about thirty, I guess 30, 35 pastors in the room. And here's this guy who I just actually just shook his hand just minutes before going on stage. And he walks on stage and he just sits down on the sofa. And he just sits down and he just starts to um, just pour out his heart. And it wasn't a teaching to pastors. It was a more of an open and honest conversation uh, of where you were and where you are in this season where none of us has ever been here. And it's just been a very difficult time for all of us. And um, man, Manny, thanks again for taking time to just share. But if you don't mind, um, can you share a little bit um, from that talk? Um, it was out of Ezekiel thirty-seven, um, and just kind of share because um, you told me a little bit of the story. <laughs> Of what happened, like when you're starting to walk up on a stage to share this talk, because <laughs> it wasn't what you had planned. <laughs> yes. Um, and so bring us into that uh, conversation. Just share some of your uh, just insight and what the Lord has been doing through you in this time.
1: Absolutely, Andy. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny. Um, we, Andy and I we, we were talking, and and, and uh, he shared, you know, just how uh, um, uh, how how much he was able to to receive from that conversation, and and um, and I shared uh, uh, that. That conversation almost didn't happen. Um, you know, I had uh, been praying to the Lord concerning what I should share um, and what I should speak to these pastors. Right? I mean, they're not laity or or individuals that are are novices to the Word, and um, and so I was wanting to hopefully impart something that would uh, challenge but also encourage. And um, and I had this really this this uh, uh, thought that I, I would speak in that manner, um, of just a conversation. And I quickly dismissed it. I'm like, no, this isn't going to fly. Um, that's not what needs to happen. And I'm just arguing (laughs) with God. And, and even as worship was going on and then I'm being introduced and as I stepped foot on the step on the stage, um, I just finally, I, 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 I yielded to the Lord and said, okay, I know better. Um, you know, what's necessary. And as I sat, as Andy shared on that sofa was really me literally practicing what I was about to speak on, I literally took a deep breath, um, and, uh, and simply opened my mouth. Um, And this has been the place that really God is leading me. If you've listened to session one, you would see that I'm not short of words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But certainly in this season, God's been teaching me the necessity to listen, Um, to sit in silence, um, to not breathe shallowly, but to breathe deeply, Um, to know that before doing anything, there's a necessity to be just to be in his presence. Um, and, uh, and in this season, it's been, um, uh, 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 overwhelmingly made clear that what carries you through one season may not be what carries you through the next. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so often we like, we like autopilot, I think in our humanity, uh, we like hanging our hat on it if you will the proverbial term of you can hang your hat on it and and if we can hang our hat often on well uh, if God did it then he'll do it again yes but it might look totally different this time that is foreign to us and that 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 reality is scary if we're honest with ourselves because we're not creatures who like change um, and we're not creatures who like as clearly seen in our season now, we don't like uncertainty. And uh, for me, that began to be highlighted last year in October when my father's uh, mother, my grandma, um, was uh, diagnosed with cancer and, um, and she was given a certain amount of time to live. And uh, through that, my dad then left to New York City. I think this was in, um, in June. He stayed the whole summer with, with his mom, my grandma, and then we and my girls, not knowing what would happen. We found time to take the whole family to New York and we spent it with um, uh, the Peña side of the family. And and it was it was good. And, and my dad felt... And so did the family in New York that it will be best for this season for um, my grandma, my father's mother, to, to, to come to Virginia as she needed round-the-clock care. Um, we did not think that, um, that um, years would turn into weeks. And within two weeks of her coming to Richmond, uh, she took a turn for the worst. Um, and uh, within two weeks, she passed. In that time frame... Um, uh, a few things happened. One, I felt that the Lord was, um, asking me to in, uh, allow my daughters, my two oldest daughters, then there were 12 and nine, um, in this space of, of, of pain and suffering with my grandmother. And I was struggling with this. And, and I even shared with a few people and they were like, you can't do that. You're going to traumatize your girls. And, and, um, and I began to pray about this and then the Lord, I said, Lord, I need confirmation from you right now. He led me to Ezekiel, I believe it's, uh, not Ezekiel, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes. Um, it's, either, it's either seven, seven, three through nine or three, seven through nine. <laughs> and I'll Google it in a moment, but it's, it's in Ezekiel. And it said, uh, better is the one in the house of mourning than it is to be in the house of feasting. And I began to look at that scripture. And then at the end it says, for in it is the end of all man. Um, And in that, I found peace. And uh, my daughters were with my grandmother as she breathed her last breath. Um, And and they broke and they cried as we ought to, and and, and I cried with them. And the weeks and months to come would bring forth some very uh, deep conversation from an 11 year old or a 12 year old and a nine year old. We fast forward a year now from October of 2018 to October of 2019 uh, or of 2019 to October of this year, 2020, where one of my spiritual sons um, took his own life. Um, uh, just a young man that uh, for the past three years, we've, Probably were together every day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he was uh, uh, integral in our church, and um, uh, I know without a doubt loved God with all his heart. Um, but there were there were issues that were unbeknownst to us, deep down within his heart. Um, and uh, we got a call uh, that um, they had found the police had found him. And um, that uh, quickly, quickly turned our world upside down. And um, that day I spent here in the church with loved ones and, and my father and, 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 and one of his best friends, one of my other spiritual sons who's in Bible college, they were in Bible college uh, as freshmen together, um, just crying, just crying. And then I got myself composed and, and uh, went home and spoke to my girls. And yet again here we are just a year later, um, in great sorrow and mourning in this room again. Um and uh And through all of this, um, I had also been dealing with the reality that um, I have anxiety. (laughs) Um, And uh, um, uh, uh, November 1st of 2019, I had surgery. I ruptured my Achilles fully and uh, had to have surgery to repair it. And in that surgery, um, uh, I obtained a blood clot. Um, and, um, uh, that blood clot, uh, began to move and, and, and in so began to, uh, uh, bring forth a level of anxiety that I would deny I ever had. But, uh, when you wake up in the middle of the night with a panic attack and you rush to the emergency room, knowing that the blood clot had moved from your leg to your lungs and you can't breathe and, um, and, uh, they check you up and they say, nothing's wrong with you. Um, and, uh, and yet you're there left with more questions than answers. Well, if nothing's wrong with me, well then why do I feel the way that I feel? Um, and my daughter was with me in that room. My father, i um, praying and reading scripture. Um, as I began to, Learn how to take deep breaths um, as I was breathing shallow and uh, panting and uh, uh, having very negative health effects due to these realities that were taking place. And all of this, all of this was all coming to a head with the passing of this young man who we love so dearly um, uh, uh, just a few short months ago. And then here we are now in MFI. Um, And MFI, as we were planning and praying, you know, what, 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 should the theme be? Um, uh, we had many things on the table and we landed on the reality that, uh, that breathe, um, was what God was wanting to uh, remind his people to do. And so as I sat on that stage and I sat on that couch, um, having to take a deep breath, um, to obey what the Lord was asking of me, um, that's where really, um, that conversation began is me praying and thinking of all that I had gone through um, and that all that the world is going through, and how maybe a moment of transparency and vulnerability um, might not necessarily, the goal was not for anyone to necessarily have uh, pity nor even concern for me, but my prayer was that somehow there would be a personal connection. Um, That Though their stories, the pastors in that room, the leaders in that room, though their stories might be uh, wholly different, but they would find uh, more similarities. Than, than differences and that they might have courage to begin to speak and talk about those things. And that came on the heels of a prophetic word that was given to our church the October before or a week before, a couple of weeks before my grandmother had passed a year ago. I mean, that word was given to us through Ezekiel 37, 1 and 14. And, and I had read the scripture. I mean, for those that are, you know, have been a, a believer for any length of time, you know the story of the Valley of Dry Bones, right? I mean, we've read this story and and it's some. Thing that just no matter how many times you read it, um, at least for me, it gives me goosebumps. And and I know that's not the purpose of why we read scripture, but I still think it's pretty cool yeah. that scripture has that power. Right? Disney doesn't have a corner, or or, sure. or you know any Hollywood station, they don't have a corner on being able to derive such emotional visceral response to hearing a story. But this is even greater because this isn't a story that is 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 uh, fictional. But it's it's is that correct? Nonfiction is real. Is that correct? Um, it's something that actually happened. And the scripture was read. And and the prophecy that came over our church, that then the Lord began to say, son, don't be greedy. That prophetic word that I gave to your church is not just for your church. It's for a city. And um, this prophetic word was that uh, the church that God is raising up in this generation is to be a prophetic church. That the church that God is raising up in this generation is to be an inspired church. And that the church that the Lord is raising up in this generation is to be a victorious church. And through this is found in one of these passages that I had read, but never really, really came to, to understand and in Ezekiel 37, I believe it's beginning at uh, 13, no 37 in verse nine, it says where, Then God said, prophesy to the breath. So the bones had already been prophesied to, and they began to rattle and, and, and they began to form and the sinews, it says, and the ligaments and tendons began to, uh, 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 manifest and attach. And yet though these bones were walking, they were still dead. They were still dead. And then the Lord speaks to Ezekiel. He says, now, now, son, now prophesy to the breath that they might live. And so in this space, it's just been where um, God has really been uh, doing a work in my life and study. And I began to study breathing and, 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 and the reality that the majority of Americans and people as a whole, we don't breathe correctly. Yes, breathing is an involuntary act, but in it being involuntary, Most of us breathe from a place of a level of anxiety that is unknown. And so it causes shallow breath. But what brings forth good health benefit to our bodies is oxygenated blood that only is produced by deep breathing. And it was in this place where the Lord began to speak to me through this season of sorrow, of mourning, of questions, you know, I've got a city looking to me. I've got a church looking to me concerning, uh, uh, the racial divide within our, within our community, right? I, I went out during the protest here in Richmond, not to protest, but to discern the spirit of this space, which was, which, which was working in our, in our city, in our region, and, and to see the hurt and pain up close within our communities. Um, not only that you compound that with the reality of grief concerning a loss of a way of life that COVID has caused where we're unable to connect and where my heart is grieved, even having now in the latter year, uh, experiencing having in, in one week's time, lost three loved ones to COVID three people that we love to COVID in one week's time, one back to back. One was a Sunday. The next was a Monday. And, 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 and looking at this reality, seeing how even COVID has been politicized. I'm not going to go too deep there. That's not the purpose of this podcast, but simply looking at the reality that God has come to share the love that he has for all people. And that yet in this season, so many distortions of of messages and so many distractions have come and the very people, the people of God that are to be the bridge, that are to be uh, those that stand in the gap and connect people that are hopeless to hope that connect people that are fearful to, 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 um, to, to, uh, to love because it's the perfect love of God to cast away fear that so many of times we're dealing with things that are unknown in us, that we're not equipped or ill-equipped to be able to be that person in the middle. And for me, that's where I found Lord, how do I speak to these people? to my church, to a community, to a city that you've, by your sovereignty, have allowed me to have influence in. When I myself have uh, 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 turmoils within the inside of me that I don't have answers for. I know you're God. I'm trusting you and I'm believing you. My faith has not wavered, but yet I've got more questions then I have answers. And this is what the Lord said. He said, son, I'm wanting to train a people to lead from their weakness, not from their strength. In this season, I want people to know that I'm what makes you strong, not you, not what you know, not, not, not who you know, um, not your experiences of life. Um, but where your flesh would fail you, <laughs> where your, your, your knowledge would fail you, uh, I won't. Um, And and so in this season of uncertainty, I've had to really learn how to find certainty in just the personhood of God, in being in his presence. And in that this season, he's given me the privilege. I I know it's a privilege, but it's not one that anyone would ask for uh, to be in yet again, more rooms of, of 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 trial, of suffering, of mourning and to be okay. with not having the answer that's going to change that person's disposition. If I'll be honest with you as a pastor for, you know, many years, um, you know, um, you know, we can become a bit self-absorbed on, on hanging our hat on having the right thing to say in the right moment. And this season, what I've learned is that man presence is more powerful than any words. Um, and, um, and as I close this segment of it, Um, again, it came from a humbling experience that my father, as he went through the sorrow of losing his mother, I wasn't there in a way that I should have been. Um, I, I, I learned through my father's pain that I had aspired, not aspired. I had, I go to dangerous parts of the world. And for me, my, 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 my understanding is for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. And yet that had created a pharisaical spirit within me that I questioned people when they mourned. Well, you know that if you're alive, you're going to die. Why are you so shocked? And the Lord in that moment with my dad, as I sat in the room and he was there crying and looking to me, I didn't have it within me to give him a hug. I didn't have it within me to be compassionate. And that broke me on the inside. And I had to repent to my dad. Um, in that space. Um, and I had to also accept and, and request just, what, what do you have for me? Counsel. And he did. And he said, son, you can't be a pastor <laughs> if you don't have a level of empathy and care. You can know all the things. You can know all the knowledge of all the uh, 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 um, angels of heaven. And if you have not love." You're a clanging gong in a noisy cymbal. And in that moment, just last year, I began to realize, and now this year has come, and, um, and I've been placed in, 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 in a position of recognizing that uh, glory be to God for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. But also glory be to God that Christ himself mourned with those that mourned. And um, I've been in this journey of just being in the room with people, children of God, who I have no answers for, but I've learned to cry. I've learned to hug. I've learned to be human, be human. Um, um, and, um, and it's uh, a place that I'm still learning. And, um, and that conversation really came, came from that place of challenge that we would, by God's grace, this was the question I asked. What's the question that you refuse to ask yourself? Because you're afraid of the answer and I don't know if you remember, this was the, the example I gave where I drove over the James River. We have a river here in Richmond. It's called the James. And I drove over a bridge, and out of nowhere, this question came to me. I had my four daughters in the back that if this car was to careen over the side, would I have a fighting chance to save my daughters? And I, couldn't, I didn't have the answer, so I went on YouTube, um, and I began to research Car careening over into the into river, and uh, all these survival uh, sites started coming up, and they have a tool, a multi-tool. It breaks glass and it cuts the seatbelt. And uh, that day, I ordered two, one for each car, um, because a question that not many people would ask came up in my mind, and so it's this saying of the only things that catch us by surprise are the things that we never dare to ask ourselves because they're scary. You know, um, my daughter almost died when she was born and I had to ask myself, then she was diagnosed with hyponeurodysplasia and I began to research it. And then the Lord said, son, do you think this caught me by surprise? I said, no, God, it didn't. He said, just because your daughter has this, would you love her any less? And I know what you think I'm going to say. No, I wouldn't love her any less. But in that moment, I didn't have an answer. I didn't know if I was selfless enough to love a child that had debilitating disease. At the age of 23, my first child, I could not tell you, I couldn't tell God. The answer, the right answer is yes, I will not love her any less. But I paused and I literally in tears told God, I don't know. That opened up space now for the Holy Spirit to do work in my life. And before we knew that she was healed, God had resolved in my heart, I will love this child. I don't know what it's going to take, but you'll grace me. For where you lead me, You'll guide me. You'll keep me. You'll grace me, God. And so I spoke in faith. Yes, I will love my child. I will serve my child selflessly, Lord God. And, um, and so it's this space where I've been in yet again is, Lord, what are the questions in my heart? You know, as I go overseas, I'm so busy working. But the Lord told me, son, you haven't dealt with the reality. You've been so busy working, you haven't looked at the fear in your heart. And when I was laying in that, in that bed, fearing that I might die, I began to think about my children right? Oh Lord, but what about this? What about that? And, um, and so uh, again, um, I've belabored it a bit, but it's just being in this place of, of being able to lead from a place of sincere weakness. And, um, as a leader, you're afraid to do that. Well, they may not follow. They might take advantage of this weakness. And the Lord said, that's not for you to worry about son. Um, and, um, and that's what that
0: talk really was, was uh was spurned from yeah it's good and there's two things i wrote down i'd love for you just to to share a little bit on um and this is kind of when you were saying i'm writing so forgive me if i got it off a little bit but um you said this that meant so much and i think these two things are so such great um words of encouragement and um practical things um, that we can apply as we continue to track forward we don't know what the church is going to look like we don't that's know right. what's going to take place but you said this and uh, faith is not to deny the situation that I find myself in but to face it and make it through it come on that that's that's exactly the lesson
1: that I've been learning and and aspire to keep learning um, you know growing up many of us have had different theological upbringings but but I remember early on um, even now, is we've, we've, we've opened up grief classes within our church. Um, and uh, we're, uh, we've got professionals that understand the, the scientific reality of grief, but also love God with all their heart and know the intersection of what God does. when we. Uh, I've heard it said this way, if we complain about God, it's sin. But if we complain to God, it's a psalm. Um, <laughs> it's a psalm. And um, I think we haven't taught the church enough the reality of our humanity. We see it throughout all of David. I believe David in scripture suffered from PTSD. (laughs) He was a warrior. He was a soldier. He had shed so much blood. He was not allowed to complete, you know, uh, uh, the temple, uh, his son had to. And, and yet we see throughout all of the Psalms where he would complain continuously, but he complained to God. And at the end of it, he was reminded of God's sovereignty. Um, and I love this about the Psalms. I heard another speaker, a friend of mine share it this way. The Psalms teach the Christian how to curse without cursing. (laughs) And, uh, I give credit to David Bailey, uh, founder of Erebon uh, yep. for that statement. And he's an amazing man of God. And I've been, I've learned so much because of him. And, um, and, uh, and so it's these types of, of thoughts that really throughout this season, I've been trying to really give permission to our community to be human. And in our humanity, we invite God's div- divinity, um, to be supernatural in our life. And, um, and yes, it has been this place of acknowledging that faith gives us courage. You know, for years, my, uh, people around would look at my daughter, my oldest one. Now my young, my, my second say, your children are fearless. I wouldn't allow my girls to hear that. I would tell them the goal is to be courageous, not fearless if I allow my children to believe that fearless is the goal, they've rock climbed with dad, they've gone kayaking and whitewater rafting with dad and dad's a bit of a psychopath so you know the more adrenaline the better um, and yet they've exceeded me because now there's roller coasters that I won't ride you know like those spinning boats, there's no destination for those things, <laughs> there's no purpose on that other than to increase anxiety they love those things um, they ride everything now um, they're ready to go skydiving with grandpa now and uh, they, you're children are fearless, they're fearless. I said, no, 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 they're courageous. And I would tell my daughters, hey, hey, do you know that daddy's afraid every so often? But courage allows us to look at the face of fear and yet keep moving and, and, and so I think this is the place that, that I'm wanting our community of faith to believe as well. Hey, the goal isn't fearless. You get diagnosed with cancer. Fear is a normal, natural human response. And we can again, quote scripture all we want that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but that scripture becomes reality when we admit I have fear. And now I can apply that scripture knowing that God in my fear will allow me to be courageous to confront this fear. And, and I think this is what, uh, I want our church to be. I want our, church to be filled with courageous children, courageous men, courageous women that know as Jesus loved us so much, he warned us while you're on this earth, there will be trouble but take heart. And if we can be courageous in the face of trouble, we won't lose heart, but we'll take heart as we take the hand of God. Yeah, that's good.
0: Well, in closing, I think I'd love for you to share um, this. Uh, I wrote many things down, but just to highlight this one, because I think it kind of brings, it bookends what we kind of started with. Yes. It's around breathing. And you made this statement and I'd love to just encourage uh, you leaders and pastors and, and whoever's listening to this out there, that maybe mm-hmm. this brings you courage. Um, and this is something so simple that we can do. Uh, in, the, in these these times that we face and any of the, the battles that we're facing the things that um, we're tracking through and as this you said even one minute Come on. of breathing <laughs> can help and have a great positive effect on our health yes <laughs> Yes, and, and I, I would love to to, to, to say I, I came up with
1: that, but my Apple Watch came up with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: I want to make sure I'm in this season that the Lord is just wanting me to to just really intentionally. I had a pastor ask me, um, he was a church planner, and I love church planners, and we were privileged to have a building, and they were, you know, commuting back and forth, and if church planners out there, come on, g- keep going. Don't <laughs> grow weary and doing what the Lord has called you. It is work. It is tiresome, but but... but it is good. And so um, they needed a place to rehearse for worship that wasn't going to charge them anything. And I said, hey, I pulled out one of my spare keys and said, hey, here it is. And they were like, why would you do this? I said, because in doing this, I'm intentionally reminding myself that nothing is mine. Everything is the Lord's and we're of one kingdom. Um, and uh, why do I say this? I said this, I don't know if it was part one or part two, that um, I'm very well aware of my pride and God always calls opportunity for me to counter that pride with intentional acts of humility. Um, and so uh, this idea of you know even a minute um, can have uh, great health effects of breathing on your on and your body and your being came from my Apple Watch my wife got for me and um, you know I set it all up and I didn't know I set up the breathing app or maybe it's automatically set up but uh, 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 every so often this alert shows up and it's a beautiful little little blue I guess it's supposed to look like a breath if you could see breath um, and it says uh, hey take a minute to breathe and then after you hit okay it lets you know it reminds you that. Just a minute of breathing each day can have great health benefits to your being, and it's this idea that um, even today, um, as I went through, I've ignored that alert throughout the entire day. Right? I've been on the go. I've been busy. I've been, you know, uh, doing and um, and uh, ignore, ignore, ignore. But the reality is, we we're speaking in that space, is that. The, the, the other side of this, too, is that when you look at the word breath in, in Scripture, you know, Numa, you know, this inspired breath of God, the Holy Spirit... It, The key there is that it's not just a breath, meaning shallow, but it's actually inspired. You know, just the other day, I brought up a a, a measuring tool that hospitals use. It's plastic. It's not high tech. And it's got a tube connected to it. And you breathe in and then it goes up in milliliters. And I just saw the bottom at the bottom beneath the milliliters. It says inspired volume. And I looked at that and I brought it up to the congregation as I taught, showed them. And this is the tool, the apparatus that they use to determine whether or not your lungs are strong enough to go under anesthesia. And they know that it has to be at least I think 4,000 ml for you to be able to go under anesthesia. And they bring that to you to train, to increase your lung capacity or the inspired volume. And so when I looked at that and I look at this idea of even a minute can have good effects on your health, so too is it that in that space of breathing, that we're not just breathing but we're focusing on the inspired reality that we are children of God. On the inspired reality that what God has called us to He will fulfill um, and what He has called us to, he will continually equip us to do the work, but before any work can be accomplished, we have to be. And for me, who's a doer, who often does more than ought to be done, <laughs> I have to be reminded, hey, Manny, do you believe that if you do things God's way, pause, breathe look at him, be in awe of him again, he's majestic, he's awesome, that he can multiply our efforts, and so for me, that's where that thought came in, um, that our breaths would be deeper, and that in that, our, um, our hope would be greater, and our peace, our peace would be full, before Christ entered the heavens, he said, peace I leave with you, and man, I'm I'm burdened for for the people of God who have not experienced peace in a very long time. And um I believe God is he's at work. We win, yes. Um but this message of of breathing, of pausing, um of being courageous. I believe I'm not the only one speaking it. Um because it's something that God is reintroducing re-int- and reigniting in his church
0: and in his people. Yeah. Yes, that's Man, that's so good. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. uh, For taking time just to share. And I just want to encourage you leaders, your pastors, whoever is listening to this right now. If you're in a situation where you just feel like you cannot take another step. If you feel like uh, you just don't know what's going to take place. I'm just reminded as you were just speaking in Ezekiel 37, that when those, those bones were moving, the ligaments and everything would be binding, yeah. but they weren't alive yet until we breathed the breath of life. Yes. Pastor, leader, someone who's facing something you feel like you can't get through, take a breath, the breath of God yeah. who gives us, that's something that we've been gifted. And if we can breathe in, yes. there's still a purpose. <laughs> there's still a reason. Mm-hmm. There's still a Why? he's still using you yeah. don't give up keep going yes keep going yes manny i'm so grateful for you thank you andy thank you so much blessings on all you guys and we look forward to uh another podcasting yes if you haven't subscribed to the eating podcast please do so on the iTunes and or iHeartRadio platforms. And we would also like to ask for you to share this with as many people as you can so we can continue to grow the network to provide insightful and encouraging conversations. Thanks so much for tuning in to the E-Team Podcast.